Hey, Ricky, you know what's awesome? What's that, Billy? Kurt Russell and John Carpenter together making movies, dude. It's like the best of both worlds. It is, man. It's killer. All right, all right, all right. So, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Big Trouble in Little China. Yep, yep. And um, I think all all conversations, even if we start talking about, you know, what what are your plans for Easter, all conversations eventually lead back to the thing <laughs> as the, one of the greatest horror movies ever made. One of the greatest films ever made, really, yeah. but one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Absolutely. And then... And so then you have this kind of recurring theme of greatness, and it's when Kurt Russell and John Carpenter get together, with the exception of like maybe one one <laughs> one shot in the nineties. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's 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 magical and it's awesome. And uh, so uh, I ran across a I, I just. I was bored the other night, and I figured, hey, I'm gonna throw in. I haven't watched uh, Escape from New York in a while. Oh yeah, and that's something. That's something that's that we can talk about on the show. I can talk about on the other show. Like, let's just let's just throw this disc in here. And I hadn't seen that. That's one of one of those other ones that had been on cable so much that mm-hmm. you know, you, you you have scenes in your head, but you don't ever just really sit down and just watch it all the way through. And sitting down watching it all the way through, I was like, wow. This first of all, this movie holds up. Yeah, like. Some a lot of movies hold up, but few movies actually get better. Like it's it's more it seems more relevant now than you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh it it started and it ended and it was over and I was just blown away by how like every scene, like it's all killer. There's no filler in there. Yeah. Every character is perfectly rendered. The the casting is phenomenal. Um, that's like the perfect cast for an '80s movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yep. um, it's an all-star '80s movie cast, and um, I just had a blast. But one of the things that just stuck, you know, struck me is like, okay, that's three Kurt Russell, John Carpenter movies that we can talk about, and three completely different characters on the on the part of Russell. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the difference between Jack Burton and uh, Snake Plissken are completely night and day. Yeah. And then. You know, RJ McCready is somewhere in between them. Yep. So uh, it's uh, yeah, I think it makes for a good show. It, it's it, of course, like you said, we we can't share enough love about Big Trouble in Little China. But there is no Big Trouble in Little China if you don't rewind the tape and go back to these other ones. And Escape from New York is where the magic happened. You got Carpenter at the top of his game, right? There probably wasn't a bigger name in horror, sci-fi, just in general at that point. And then you take Kurt Russell, whose career at this point had kind of dwindled a bit, right? You kind of had used cars that was out there, which is a 100% favorite of mine. But mm-hmm. he, he wasn't the superstar that, he's, he, that he is now. I mean, yeah. let's face it. But uh, so it was just that combination. I mean, because you kind of have to go back to the, the John Carpenter Elvis movie, right? Mm-hmm. So you know Kurt Russell played Elvis... In a TV movie. In that TV movie, and that I think that's what sparked the friendship and got it going. I'm not 100% sure 
sure on that, but I think that's the story. And then out of this, you get Snake Plissken, and the rest is just movie icon history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 again, what's what struck me too is watching these all three of these movies in such close uh, timelines is how different the characters are and yeah. how perfectly they're played. Because yeah. Kurt Russell is, I mean, he's a movie star. He was a child actor. He, you know, but he's been in the he's been in the industry for so long that you can't help but but get good at what you do. Yeah. But just the range of characters. So, you know, if you're looking at again, you know, like Jack Burton is playing, you know, Jack Burton, the character is pretending to be a Snake Plissken <laughs> sort of guy that he's not. Right. Right. And Snake Plissken is a certified badass yeah the real like, deal yeah he's he's the real deal um just he I, I, for whatever reason i think like cobra kai he strikes hard strikes fast no mercy you know <laughs> he's like <laughs> but but you know you need you need some uh something to happen and he's going to take care of it and he's yeah. not scared and he's about the only thing he's scared of is those things in his neck sure <laughs> yeah so, well but of course any that, that's the setup. Anybody, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, anybody that's, would be. That's what's amazing about it is here's his chance to freedom, is to get on the other side of this. The only thing that's stopping him is these things that are in his neck, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's just a it, it, it's it's one of those movies that you stand back in amazement when you watch it. it and like you said, it's it's one of those that when it comes on TV. It's a little different because Big Trouble in Little China. If it comes on, you're going to stop it and you're going to finish the movie from wherever it picks up. And I'm kind of like what you said. When Escape from New York is on, you're looking for those high point scenes and you kind of move on because that John Carpenter soundtrack moves you through that movie so well. Mm -hmm. And just the concept of what's going on in that movie has been redone a hundred times, right? You take the guy that's got nothing to lose, you put him on a, a, uh, a mission and you give him the keys to the Cadillac if he comes out on the other side We've seen that a hundred times, but I was thinking like, like I remember whenever the rock came out, sure. Sean Connery. I was like, this is escape from New York. Yep. I mean, this is, this is really, it's the same plot. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and Carpenter always had his pulse on that too. Cause you go back to assault on precinct 13, it's kind of the same deal. And what's weird is look at what's happening right now with all the riots and everything. Mm-hmm. Look at what Portland was kind of becoming, right? We're putting up our own wall. We're going to keep all the crazies in here. Everybody else go about your business. This yeah. this is what Escape of New York is. Taking this island, roping it off, well, making it Australia. <laughs> yep, right? pretty much, yeah. Drop all your baddies in there. And, and my granddaughter calls, calls them baddies. You're a baddie, <laughs> pop, pop, you know. And, uh... Hey, let them do what they want. Rule, rule like you want to. Which we got a little picture of that with the whole Portland deal. But uh, yeah, that's not. It doesn't uh, work out well. But yeah, it's but it's amazing that you know in the back of your mind, hey, this this stuff, as weird as it seems, sometimes it, sometimes it sometimes goes real. It you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then totally. you think about movies like The Purge and all that stuff. Definitely influenced by this, right? Oh, certainly. So uh, it just, it, it was, it's groundbreaking on so many levels. There's so many visuals that you take away from it. That kick ass gun that he's using. 
Van <laughs> Lee Van Cleef. I mean, come on. You were talking about the cast earlier. I was going to say, had. it's like you get, like, like well, it, I'm going to say with probably, no, not even really. I mean, everybody's perfectly classed. I wasn't even going to say, like, Donald Pleasance seems like a sympathetic character until the end. You know, and Donald Pleasance with, you know, he's always been, he plays great characters. You know, it's like whenever he's in James Bond versus whenever yep. he's in uh, in Halloween or whatever. It's like, yep. it's like he, he's not a, a bright, shining good guy but he's also not evil he's just he's somewhere in between yeah and he plays he plays that same role but i mean donald pleasance is excellent as the president oh sure um you know uh oh what's his name poor guy i always forget his name ernest uh, borgnine oh no he's part of uh, cabbie's awesome he <laughs> he was he he didn't get sent to prison he just didn't leave <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, I never noticed that before. But, yeah, he tells him, he's like, yeah, everything started going bad. And I just kept driving the cab. And the walls <laughs> came up around him. And he just ended up stuck. And just he's, stuck like, here. stuck in this hellscape. Right. <laughs> like, um, no, he was an alien. What's his name? Uh, uh, he's he's uh, Brain. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Harry, Dan, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. The character actor that was in every single movie of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and, Pretty much. And I had forgotten. I had forgotten he was in it. Like mm. I remember his character, but whenever he showed up, I, I, you know, he's he's one of those guys, kind of like uh, uh, David Young, who's been in so many movies that you forget that it's him until you see him. Like, right. I had forgotten that it was him in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, or in or in, in uh, not Big Trouble in Little China, in Ninja Three. Whenever he pops up, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's uh, Dave Lopin." You know, it's like, ah, you know, it's like it's the guy from Big Trouble in Little China and Seinfeld. Right. You know, it's like there's so many, so many characters that he's played. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton was the same way. He was in so many movies that you know you kind of don't notice him until he's gone, and then you're like, "Oh man, he's everywhere." You know, you know? who you know who you didn't forget was in this movie though, Adrian Barbeau. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and even I, if I had, Scott would like reach up through the phone and punch me in the face because that's like his favorite person. Uh, funny story: uh, Adrian Barbeau actually wrote a novel, and it was called Hollywood Vampires, and it was—I uh, guess it was kind of like a horror romance. And I found a first edition copy in Goodwill for like a buck fifty, and it was like brand new; like the spine was not even. Like it was crisp and new. Like somebody had just removed it from a bookshelf, put it in a goodwill. They put it on the shelf, and I bought it. But he's such a big Adrian Barbeau fan that I gave him the book. And then at Frightmare, she was there signing, yeah. and he mm-hmm. brought that book to get her to sign. And she was all excited because it had been out of print for like years and years. And so he ended up getting her to sign that book for him. So uh, that's cool. Turned out turned out pretty neat because she he was like, oh, she's going to be there, but what am I going to get her to sign? I was like. <laughs> Check this out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I went to her Q&A while we were there, too, and it was pretty neat because we're all goofy nerd fans, right, of these movies. And they would ask her about them. She'd be like, yeah, I don't really remember. You know, you're like, how can you not remember? But, you know, she's an actress. She's in tons of stuff, right? And Yeah. You know, so it's it's uh, it, it's... Sometimes it's weird to see somebody and you're thinking, you know, this is this is what I know you for. I know you as, you know, the the loudmouth chicken creep show, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I 
don't really remember much about it, and you're just like, Cause okay. She, yeah, because <laughs> especially in a movie like Creep Show, where she shows up, she probably filmed for one day. Right. She, pro- she probably had two scenes. Um, her, her role was very, like, although it was a pronounced role, she wasn't on screen for very long. Right. She was just on screen long enough to make you know that she, she was annoying and he was getting driven nuts. <laughs> what would you do without you know, me, but... Harry? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was pretty awesome <laughs> to be like, yeah, I don't know. I was in that movie. But then again, yeah. Stephen King says he wrote, in, wrote entire books and didn't remember. <laughs> So, He's like Keith Richards, right? He just wakes up and goes, what yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> Who wrote that? That was you, man. It's on that cassette. Oh, okay. <laughs> he says that about the can't get no satisfaction, right? He said that he went back and listened to a cassette he recorded when he was drunk and it was on there. And he said, if I wouldn't have had that cassette, that song would have never yeah. happened. <laughs> Stuff like that happens, man. Like <laughs> You're just inspired and you come back later you're like, man, I... <laughs> I was having a pretty good night. I just wasn't fully there. But uh, no, man. And then you go to like the same, the same, uh, same actor and director um, to move to like you know the thing a whole lot, yeah, a whole lot darker, a whole lot uh, bleaker sort of. I mean, not not totally because New York is with New York, you assume that outside of New York, there's still at least some semblance of normal life. It's not completely apocalyptic. Um, and the thing, if that thing gets, gets out. Yeah. There's it's nothing. Over. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of funny that we're talking about the thing with, uh, Wilford Brimley passing away recently too. Cause yeah. Um, you know, Blair is <laughs> pretty, pretty good bad guy for not saying much fantastic (laughs) you know fantastic great well you're you're just about how great the the cast was in in escape from new york and this is no different man i mean this (laughs) this cast is balls to the wall Mm -hmm. and uh yeah wilford man with his diabetes pretty dang awesome and it's funny because scott and i were talking about him the other day and how Depending on how old you are, there is a Wilford Brimley for you. So if sure. you're if if you're like us, then it was you know the thing and a couple other movies, and then later he was the Quaker Oats guy. Oh yeah, and then he was like a he was on a, a, a like a TV show for a couple of years, like a family drama, and then he was the diabetes guy. Right. And <laughs> so he's like had many, he's worn many hats over the years as a spokesperson for a certain genre, basically. I think even during his movie career, he was doing country time lemonade commercials too, which probably mm-hmm. gave him diabetes. Probably. <laughs> Man, my grandma yeah. used to make that and it'd be like one scoop of the lemonade and like 15 scoops of sugar. <laughs> I remember because <laughs> my mom wouldn't let me have uh I mean, she'd let me have Kool-Aid, right? But I'd go over to friends' houses, and it would always taste different. So like, when I, <laughs> Watered when I, down. <laughs> when, I drank, when I drank Kool-Aid at home, it tasted, you know, kind of like Kool-Aid-flavored water. And I'd go to a friend's house, and it tastes like, mm. And then I was older. I was probably in high school. And I read the back of a thing, and it's like, add this packet and, like, four cups of sugar to a, right. cup, to a glass of water. I was like, there's no way that's right. But I tried it, and I was like, that's That's that, it. That's it. <laughs> that's the flavor. Yeah, I, when I take a drink, my hair stands up. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. 
But I tell you what, man. I'm not ashamed to say it, because why would you whenever it comes to a horror movie, right? The autopsy thing in the thing. Oh, yeah. The scene in the thing gets me every time. That Absolutely. jump scare. Yep. And I think I think there's something just off with the rhythm somehow, mm-hmm. the pacing, because it's kind of like when, whenever you have a band that, you know, they stop, and so there's nothing backing the, the song up, and then they count to four, and you hit the downbeat. Yeah. Because, and I think they hit the downbeat on the three in the thing, because it's like, it. Yeah. I know it's coming. Yeah. And it gets me. Yeah. Like, every time when that, the jaws pop open and tear his arms off it's it just still it gets me like, still the most amazing <laughs> prosthetic special effects i i mean i can't i can't think of think of anything that beats the thing <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean to this Seriously. day it still looks freaking amazing man oh yeah um bob, and i like <laughs> rob botine man rob botine he was just time. killing it and what's so cool too is, you know, like some of, some of the stuff that he was doing had never been done. So like when the when the dogs are doing their thing, and when yeah, uh, you know, like when when the head oh, tears man. itself off and it's crawling across the floor and that... it's all upside down. And it's like, you know, it's like I can imagine as a as a producer, as a director, and he's like, okay, I've got here's my concept art. Here's kind of what I'm going with this, and I need <laughs> I need a whole bunch of foam and clay and like fake teeth and stuff. And they're like okay, you know, knock yourself out. And then even, you can tell, even the actors are just like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like those reactions in some cases are absolutely real because they're yeah. just like, what, what is going on? So Yeah, the, the head so, scene, man, is probably the one that always just absolutely amazed me. The other one happened so fast that, you just, like you said, it's a jump scare kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's, it's got that off rhythm thing. It's kind of like the uh, the scene in uh, Exorcist Three with the the garden shears or whatever, you know, because <laughs> the timing on that is off too. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just like that. But something about that, I guess, because the camera is just there and it's almost like you're standing over the body and you see that head just start pulling itself off and yeah. <laughs> scr- scr- stretch stretch itself down to the ground and sprout the legs and stuff. Uh, blew well, my <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, and all the guys are sitting there watching it happen, and yeah. like, you gotta be kidding me! Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what is going? Like, yeah. this, this is because those guys are not living in a horror movie. Right. Those guys are living in real life, where they're like on a science outpost, and they're they're watching this unbelievable stuff happen, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, like oh amazing, my God. absolutely amazing. And Kurt Russell is the man for the job, man. Uh, totally, him and Keith David uh, again, you know, just. This cast is just perfect, man. Yeah, because there's no, there's no, it's, and I hate to say throwaways, but there are no throwaway characters because no. you, even if they're not very big, like even if they're, even if their entire purpose is to eventually just get taken out, they've, they've still got personalities and characters. There's no, there are no disposables. They've all got yeah. a role to fill too. So when they get lost, then you lose your mechanic or you lose you know, your, your, your radio operator or somebody like that, that's, you know, important to your survival. And then whenever they go missing. Yeah. Oh, well now things are getting worse. Yeah. 
And, and the whole scene where they're doing the, the test. I mean, th- that's just... I love that. Absolutely brilliant. And, of course, you know, when, when and, the, the, the body going up to the, the, the ceiling, and all, I mean, just... <laughs> that movie is it's absolutely bonkers, man, the stuff that happens in the movie. So it's like... It really is. How do you take a guy that creates the iconic slasher flick, and then he does this cool sci-fi fantasy, you know, rogue guy going in to save, you know, the, the prison. I mean, the, the range of the stuff that he's doing. And this one is just on such a different level. And it's all because of his love of a movie he grew up scared of, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Well, and you mentioned, because, you know, we're talking about Carpenter with, with Kurt Russell, but you mentioned, you know, Halloween. Yeah. And between Halloween and you know escape from new york or the thing the the influence that it had on on entire genres yeah. but you know um you know like was it james cameron specifically said that he thought of the terminator as michael myers yeah yeah you know he he, he thought of it in his head as like his terminator is kind of like a cross between michael myers and the shark from jaws it's just ruthless yep and so while it's like that that gets into some argument territory about whether or not um the terminator's a horror movie but sure. but uh James Cameron very much says yeah absolutely it's a horror yeah. movie and I think so I mean I, hey, I don't think there's any differentiation between it and Halloween really if, if he came after you and started shooting you up or you know cutting you with something yeah guess what that's a horror movie you're, you know you hear me horrified yeah for sure so. Well, dude, let's take a break real quick. I want to play one of these trailers. We got too much cool stuff. We got to <laughs> <Okay. laughs> let some people hear some soundtrack. It's not the future we wanted, but the future that happened. Once a great city, now a high security prison designed to keep society's criminals in. But now, everything rides on getting one person out. The survival of the human race, Briscoe. Something you don't give a shit about. Kurt Russell stars as Snake Plissken in John Carpenter's science fiction action classic, Escape from New York. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. What if I'm a little late? No more Snake Plissken. When I get back, I'm gonna kill you. With an all-star cast that includes Lee Van Cleef, Harry Dean Stanton, Isaac Hayes, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance, and Adrian Barbeau. Escape from New York is one of the best escape and escapist movies, according to the New York Times, and a trip worth taking, according to Time Magazine. And now, Escape from New York is available in a special director's edition from New Line Home Video. Featuring an exclusive interview with John Carpenter. It's both our, our fears and what we would like to have happen. I think we'd all like to have a guy like Snake on our side. And perhaps we'd like to have a police state. But it's the thing we fear the most, too. Including never-before-seen footage with the original theatrical trailer and the original feature digitally remastered. (laughs) 
New Line Home Video is proud to release the director's special edition of Escape from New York, starring Kurt Russell in both widescreen and full-screen versions. Escape from New York, available now for only $19.95 from New Line Home Video. All right, we are back. So I told you, uh, told you at the beginning I had, had some cool, some interesting news with uh, pertaining to like big trouble in Little China. A buddy of mine here, I've known him for a couple of years. He he did a really cool home haunt, and he'd go like he'd spend buku bucks and do his entire yard, and he had a walkthrough haunt. And the the quality of the stuff that he was making out of two by fours and stuff you can get from Home Depot was professional grade. Yeah. I mean, you just you just look at his stuff and you're just and it was always his dream to go pro. So this year he managed to 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 secure a building and he's building his haunt. Yeah. Unfortunately, cool. it's 2020. So he's not exactly <laughs> sure how that's going to run. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got delayed enough of actually building the haunt itself that uh, he wouldn't be able to open this year anyway because of just all the kinds of different reasons. So he's turning he's turning it into escape rooms. But they're immersive escape rooms, and the and the whole thing is pirate themed. So ah. it's um, so he approached you know he was telling me about the like he, he he was talking to a bunch of friends, but he approached me and he's like, hey, do you think you could write a backstory for the haunt because it's got you know it's it's got a layout where you start here and we've got the ship and then we've got the shipwreck and we've got the shark and we've got the the beach and the graveyard and the voodoo princess and all the stuff that you see going through the haunt, can you write a story? It's like, yeah, I can write a story. I was like, so when, when it comes to the, the, the scary part, the fear factor, are we talking Pirates of the Caribbean or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> and he said, and he said, Chainsaw Massacre, this is a haunted attraction. Yeah. Pirates were not nice people. So take the chainsaws out of their hands and we've got the Sawyer family running around yeah. this, this, this pirate village. So I wrote the story for him. And then whenever he, for, for the haunt, and then um, he reached out because now he's doing the escape room. So he has to have different chapters written, the story to run through the, ch the escape rooms. So he reached out to me to, to work on writing some of the ad copy for that. And I was talking to his general manager yesterday and they've got a, they've got a haunt and it's, it's like the dungeon of the drowned where you go down and you've got to try to work out different puzzles to keep the locks from opening and drowning you. And wow. they do it with light lights and smoke and stuff to where, you know, boom, you're this deep in the water and boom, you're this. And he was talking about, you know, inspiration and like what, cause I was talking about the story and he's talking about how to incorporate the puzzles with the story. And I was like, well, dude, you need to look at the, uh, the dungeon scene in uh, big trouble in little China. Yeah. Cause this is what it's in my head when you're talking about it. So he watched it and he texted me. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm on a whole new level now <laughs> like, because that, that, that drowning yep. underwater scene in, in big trouble. I mean, it's, yep. you know, again, you take John Carpenter and we, we, when we talked about big trouble a couple weeks ago, it starts off as kind of a straightforward sort of buddy action karate flick. And by the by, the end of it, it's this strange supernatural horror, and yeah, you ran through and, all and of it. it, yeah, you know, and it just and everything in between, um, and then you got you know Kurt Russell playing a cross between Snake Plissken and and RJ, but not really. RJ's a bunch of serious, but yeah, 
Um, he's he's he wants to be Snake. Yeah. So he's or or he wants other people to think he's Snake, so they leave him alone. But instead, <laughs> they dress him in a suit as a phone salesman. <laughs> or phone. <laughs> oh man, and. Of course, you know, I, I, that scene always sticks out to me, too, because I know that John Carpenter is a huge Argento fan, and he kind of got the idea from the opening scene that's in Inferno, where this girl finds this puddle of water, and she gets into it, and it goes down into this room, and it's a full furnished room that's underwater, and there's a body floating around in there, and she's trying to get away from it. Looks so much like the hell of the living up, or the hell of the upside down sinners. You know <laughs> that he swims through. So yeah, it's and it again. You know we talk about the influence Carpenter has, and you can always go back and see what his influences were. But uh, the the thing to me is, even though it's a remake, there's so much originality to it. it it's almost like the perfect storm for his storytelling because the music is right. I mean. The other movies you go, yeah, that's the John Carpenter score, right? You just, you know it. But in this mm -hmm. one, it just works perfectly. And then, like I said, just the the iconic cast, the effects are just unreal, man. The, the, the claustrophobia that movie has, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and everybody loves a whodunit. I don't care who you are. You love a whodunit movie. Certainly, yeah, and that's the thing is, and that's the big quote that happened whenever the COVID started floating around. Whenever they the meme would pop up, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like nobody trusts each other anymore, and we're all very <laughs> tired. Let's just sit here and wait. We'll see mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah, so he's just he's always had his finger on that pulse, and you know, I say that, but when you get past this movie only a couple more years is kind of where i just kind of go yeah I, I i lose interest i think um no kurt russell and, that's why and, and, and... <laughs> what's that i said no kurt russell that's why but... <laughs> well kurt russell i mean with with doing tombstone and yeah you know he he did a lot of stuff that you know outside of that but um, I was gonna say, you know, no Carpenter. I, I read a bit about it. About I can't, I don't remember what movie it was. Um, but Carpenter wanted to do it, and they were saying like he was like, um, yeah, I need like twenty more million dollars than you're gonna offer me, and I get to do the soundtrack, and I get to fire the cast and bring in my own and. <laughs> And the studio was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And they ended up bringing in some, like, so he got a little bit too, Yeah. I mean, and I think that happens with, with good artists, great artists, and even, you know, it's like you need to have somebody to tell you to, to tap the brake sometimes. Yeah. Because um, just because, just because you're right most of the time doesn't mean you're right all the time. And, um. Yeah, that that usually bites you, and I think that's that's the story that we've seen, not just with him, but with several directors. I mean, as much as we love Stephen King, as much as we love <clears throat> John Carpenter or Wes Craven, you go back and look at it collectively, you got some in there, and you're like, yeah, this mm -hmm. this period right here was your knocking it out of the park, part. well, like I said, Argento. Man, there's definitely a stopping point for Argento, because, man... 
he's made some doozers here lately, man. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you maybe already hang it up, dude. But uh, well, and but, it's like even even uh, a guy like Tim Burton. You know, Tim yeah. Burton um, for a long for the longest time, and and Tim Burton's movies, Tim Burton's style that 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 weird kind of gothic look is a, is. I've always loved that. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's se- always seemed custom made from my personality. Um, but then he just hit a point and like, like, well, Steve, Stephen King, he hit a point where he's like, okay, now I'm writing all of my protagonists are Kathy Bates. And he did right. that for like 12 years. Yeah. And, and Tim Burton's like, okay, all of my characters are Johnny Depp making strange sounds and Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> and, and, and then I'm going to make Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like okay, you know the the thing the thing the thing that that made Tim Burton movies so great was how differentiated they were right. and how he could squeeze different performances. Like, you can make you're going to turn Mr. Mom into Beetlejuice into, or Batman, and then into and then into <laughs> Batman. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a masterstroke. Having yeah. having the same guy do the same thing over and over again just to me got a little bit lazy. Yeah, but uh, you know they, he has a blank check because he's Tim Burton, right? right? And I think Carpenter had a blank check until he started writing a few that didn't cash. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I really really enjoy Christine, and it's strange because yeah. for the longest time a lot of people didn't. They're always like, "Oh, it's a demon car. It's hokey." Christine's it's pretty good. For a demon car movie is pretty good. Yeah. You well, it's know? not. It's and, not just uh, the car. It's possessing him too. You know, and the, yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And what what movie was he in that was so uh, so recent that I saw? I was like, whoa, that's Arnie. Um, I don't know. Was he in something recent? No, he wasn't in recently. I saw a movie recently, and I was like, oh, that's him. Like, he's, he's um, in, I'll have to, I'll have to. He's in Jaws too. I know that. He, that was it. He was in Jaws too, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, he's got the the backwards hat on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So he yeah, wanted, he, he, wants... he popped up here and there. He was also in uh, Back to School, mm-hmm, that's Rodney right. Dangerfield. So, <clears throat> but you know his his range in that movie was oh yeah going from just like the the, the yeah. kind of dorky bullied kid to just this the old man. Like the the yeah. movie Christine, it's it's weird because it seems like the movie Christine was made for people who had read the book because. In in the book, he's slowly being possessed by the old man who had right. owned the car. Right. Like the the car always had problems, but it was the uh, the old man that had owned the car that he was becoming. Right. And he started talking like him, and he hurt his back, and he had the back brace like him. <clears throat> he had the he had the same limp. He started smoking the same tobacco. Like he was yeah. he was turning into the guy because it was the the guy that the car had had fallen in love with. Right. He does that to an extent right. in the movie. You you see not, it, but it's not yeah. But but he still he still the, the range that he does turning yeah. from the kid to the old man is pretty pretty yeah. wicked. Yeah. So but yeah, if you've never seen Christine, check it out. It's and that's another reason it's funny because the uh that, that Plymouth Fury, right? Yep. So so Stephen King wrote wrote the book about the Plymouth Fury because it was a mean looking somewhat innocuous car but it was never a collector vehicle right it was it was never a a, a bel air or a you know anything yeah. like that so 
but once the book came out and the movie came out, collectors started looking for it. Yeah. And but the movie destroyed most of the surviving uh, specimens because the the studio bought up all of the Plymouth Furies that were available and beat them yeah. up, crushed them up, smashed them, and destroyed yeah. them. So now it's even harder to find. So there was one that was uh, fully restored with original parts and signed by the cast and Stephen King that was on auction for a million bucks. Wow. Like, that's crazy. If I had a million, if I had a million bucks to spend on a car, I'd buy two Lamborghinis. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't buy Christine. But... A, pink, a pink one and a yellow one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's uh let's let's get this out in the open. So. Escape from L.A. <laughs> I saw that once in right when it first came out, and yeah. the the whole surfing surfing snake <laughs> just kind of seemed like it was. Uh, yeah, man. It, it was one of those things where it's like, and I realized that back in the day, like in the seventies, they had variety shows, so you'd have, you know, iconic characters either making fun of themselves or being made fun of like star Wars Christmas special and stuff like Ooh. that. It was like, you know, it was, it was bad news, but by the time the nineties were so self-aware that yeah, I remember just, I don't even remember paying attention. I just remember not liking that movie. It yeah. Just... And there's, and there's people out there that are big time fans. So if you're listening and you're a fan of it, Hey, more power to you because there's people that like jaws four. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's gotta be people like this movie too, but it just, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm looking at it. I've got it here in my DVD collection. I've never watched it because I saw it in the theater back in the day. And same thing, man. There's there's two movies I was never more excited about going and seeing. One was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because I loved Excellent Adventure so much. And this one because you heard all the hype, right? Oh, man, you got Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell in a movie together. You know, you got... Like you said, this person in it and this person in it. And you're thinking, all right, this is going to be cool. And it really wasn't. So mm-hmm. I walked out of both those movies feeling the same way. Like, what has happened to my childhood? <laughs> right. Oh. It's but, funny because I actually... I enjoyed uh, Bogus Journey. Like, I watched Excellent Adventure. That's classic. Yeah. I enjoyed Bogus Journey, but... It was just both of them were just so dumb that it was that I was just kind of like, okay. I guess my expectations <laughs> my expectations weren't that high. I was kind of like, okay, cool, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Keanu Reeves turned around and just became a huge star. Like shortly after that, like yeah. he was doing like massive blockbuster films. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I. You have those people, those characters, those, those whatever. It's like, I've always really liked Keanu Reeves as a person. I've always thought he was in really cool movies, but I never thought he could act. Oh, he, yeah, he's so. cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! <laughs> but then I go back and I watch some of his old stuff, like Point Break, and, you know, like, and and he's actually pretty good. Like, yeah. the John Wick stuff is pretty good. Like, that, I that man, kind of... <laughs> love the John Wick films, man. They're great. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just like a dance. It's just... Perfect choreographed yeah. mayhem and uh, yeah, but yeah, Good stuff. <laughs> Bogus journey, but <laughs> <laughs> I need I need to check it out again because it's just one of those I've, I haven't taken the time to go back and revisit. I'm sure it's not as bad as I remember. It's just 
I think I had an expectation of it, right? Same thing with Except from L.A., man. I, you know, this is the return of Snake Plissken. And, of course, you get all the cool stories about him and John hanging out and kicking around the idea of doing a sequel to Escape from New York. And he goes, Kurt Russell says, hey, I've still got the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually still had the outfit from the first movie. It's like, wow, how cool is that? So that tells you right there how special they knew that, you know, what they made together was really, you know, really, really something. So that's uh, it, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, you know, with with Escape from New York and just uh, the, I want to say the, the history of, you know, like, New York was on its way down. So whenever they made this movie, New York was already a pretty violent and rough place. place. Yeah. And and you know, they they had to like get federal funds and like triple police and like literally drive bulldozers through neighborhoods and like clean up the the crap because New York actually looked like that at some, you know, if you watch yeah. watch Night Court, you yeah. know, like watch watch the intro to Night Court and see how graffitied up everything was and yep. there's just people on the street and bums and people like in in Night Court. It's a it's a comedy. Yeah. It's a lighthearted comedy and it's like even then even in the lighthearted comedy you got bums sleeping on the floor in the courtroom. Yeah. And it's yeah. like so that's where so it was pretty probably realistic whenever they whenever it came out. It was sure. like, Ooh, this is this is what it's turning into and uh you know, like you said, and then you have all this this anarchy and crazy stuff going on in current events now. It's like, oh, we'll just build a wall around it. <laughs> We're heading right um, back into it again, you know. And I think, I, honestly, that's what I said at the beginning was that, like, it, it not only does it hold up, but it's almost kind of pressing it. It's like, yeah, you know, the only thing about it, man, I'm sitting around like, man, I would really like to explore. Like, I know, I know there's got to be, like, there's there's bad stuff behind a lot of those doors there's also probably a lot of cool stuff in an abandoned city like that sure yeah got left behind you know furnished apartments with art and you know yeah pool tables and stuff that are just yeah. out there um it's fascinating it's just <laughs> i love that kind of stuff it's super <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah it's just uh, again just john had the had the eye for this stuff and i i don't know that that he knew that he was making these films that would last such a long time and just be such a big part of pop culture. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, he, he's definitely left his mark. And I mean, Kurt Russell, again, he's just as busy now <laughs> as he's ever been, I guess. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing. When you think about it, not a lot of actors have that kind of career. No, not at all, and especially I, you know, cracked the. I've heard the joke that he was uh, Walt Disney. His final words were like Kurt Russell, and nobody knew why. <laughs> he had actually written it on a piece of paper because he wanted him to be in a movie or something. But yeah, but to come to come from like you know, little teenage child yeah. actor, and then up through the, you know, you don't have a whole lot of, of child actors with that kind of staying power, right? That make it make it through. Then he got to marry Goldie Hawn, of of all people, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And that's that's a win. You can just go home after yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but then just keep on going and keep on going, and then you know, 
movies like Death Proof and, oh, yeah. um, you know, Bone the, the, hateful, <laughs> the, the Hateful Eight, freaking uh, Guardians Part Two, man. I mean, he's just everywhere. <laughs> when, he, when he's riding on that star and just like waving, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, hey, like, it's, it's he, only, he just only Kurt Russell, he man. Do, yeah. <laughs> You can tell he was just having fun playing that role, you know. Like, <laughs> but um, but then um, Tombstone. Yeah. You know, Tombstone is another one of those movies that is, it's just a perfect film. Yeah. And it's just the casting is awesome. His, I mean, he's a pretty easygoing guy right up until they shoot up that pool house, you know, that pool room, that yeah. bar, and then after that, that that scene where he's in the the, the, the Dudes in the in the opium den. Yeah, he reaches up to take a puff, and he's got the barrel of the pistol in his mouth. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> done. Yeah. Like he's he's on a he's just on a rampage. He's just yeah, yeah. He's so he's good, fantastic man. Yeah, and but all in all, when it comes down to it, my favorite movie that he's in, freaking used cars, man. I <laughs> I loved used cars so much. So all of you out there, if you haven't checked out used cars, do it. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, it's Kurt Russell as a car salesman. I mean, you know, out running the mileage back, <laughs> running, the mile, running the miles back on the car, trying to get it, be elected as as an officer in the town. I don't know if he's running for mayor or governor or something, and oh, sticks just... the bumper back on with his gum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> L- lures the guy off the other car lot with a dollar bill tied onto a, a fishing pole, you know, across four lane traffic, you know, just, it's fantastic, man. Like, oh, hey, what, I see you're looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great movie, man. I just showed somebody a scene from that at work and uh, it was the, the Marshall Lucky scene, you know, where they go to the competitors lot and Marshall Lucky's out there, and he's like, "What's this? A Cadillac for forty nine ninety five? That's too high!" And he just starts shooting the car. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy that owns the car lot is watching it on TV, and he's like, "Son of a!" You know, because he realizes they're just blowing his cars up. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. Yeah. Anyways, oh, we weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> hey, it's okay, man. That's what we're here for. Uh, talking about talking about fun stuff. We got we got uh, another one which I don't think we're gonna stay too 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 far in the lines coming up for next week. So uh, yeah, it's all right, man. Between It'd be tough. With... <laughs> <laughs> so, but cool. Let's uh, we're kind of kind of pushing up on the end here. So what do we got going on? We got uh, Facebook. We have got the Twitter. We've got what all do we have now? Instagram. Yeah. Things. We're hitting the we're hitting the holy trinity there, right? Yep. <laughs> well, still got the you... YouTube page. Uh, we we've got five subscribers. <laughs> Sweet. So that's better than four. So uh, that is. if you want to check out what we got going on on the YouTube page, uh, feel free to go over there and look up. You know what's awesome and uh, subscribe. Well, too, man, come over and join the fun. I have been trying to get as much content up on the on the page and if you think that maybe you like we're one of those other kind of pages where you have to talk about what we're talking about like oh well they're just going to have a thread talking about you know john carpenter and whatever 
No, nope. dude, come and talk about whatever we want. Anything uh, you, you think want. is awesome is it's fair game, and chances are, a lot of the people that are there, good bunch of people, they'll probably like it too. Yeah, and people are constantly, you know, throwing pictures up, chatting about things, um, you know, and it's not, it's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's, it's everything. Last week we talked yeah. about, you know, water parks, and people are talking about their favorite memories of, of you know, summertime activities and stuff. So. Um, but come join the fun, you know, we have a good time. Absolutely. So and yeah, that's a, that's a fun Facebook group. So everybody's welcome. <laughs> certainly. And then, um, you know, we, after, after a bit of hiatus, just because of communication issues and some, some different stuff, um, Scott and I have revamped and kicked back up uh, scary dad. Yay! So it's gonna start. It's gonna start releasing every Wednesday, but we are coasting into that Halloween season. Um, we got it. We got. We got about half convinced my uh, six and a half year old daughter that she's gonna be Tiny Head Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. <laughs> I'm, gonna stu- I'm gonna stuff one of my shirts. <laughs> so well, uh, here's here's some news for you. Of course, this will not really make a lot of sense to people listening, but this weekend we've got not only a new short bus that's going to be recorded, but we're doing a new Hell Ming. Nice. So looking forward to that. We've we've kind of been on hiatus as well, and uh, looking forward to to talking on on uh, on the old Hell Ming show. It's been a while. Yeah, um, dude, I was I, I've been missing it. Yeah, I'm so far behind on a lot of my podcasts because I'm not in my car listening to stuff anymore. Like I'm. I'm, I'm I'm in the office, you know, yeah. doing different things than I did before. But um, I've got I've got some catching up to do. But whenever you guys kick out a new one, I try to to give it a listen real fast. Yeah. So good chemistry there. It's almost like John Carpenter and 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 Kurt Russell. And, and <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, before we hang up too, I because I know he's listening because we're talking about the thing and escape New York. But my buddy R.J. McCready. Just gave him a shout out because I know the thing's his favorite movie of all time. He's got a heck of a podcast too. He and I actually took over the show that we started off with with the dude looks like the eighties. He kind of took it and ran with it for a while by himself, and he's got bite sized cinema now, which is fantastic okay. and awesome. Yeah, it's it's little you know ten fifteen minute reviews of movies, and he's killing it, man. So RJ, you my brother. <laughs> awesome dude. Well, cool. Well, that's a lot of news, and we're going to close it out, and we will see you next week. Stay awesome.